0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tantra's Mantra, where we go behind and beyond the tech news headlines. I'm your host, Prakash Sangam, founder and principal at Tantra Analyst. Today we'll be looking at an exciting topic, which has been getting increasingly more interest from the tech industry. If successful, this technology has the potential to fundamentally disrupt the entire silicon industry, that's chip industry. Uh, we are talking about RISC-V. RISC-V is an open source instruction set architecture, ISA, for processors. It is relatively new. was developed uh, at UC Berkeley in uh, 2010 or so. Only around 12, 13 years old. So being a new entrant, till recently it was not considered a serious contender against giants like Intel's x86 and ARM uh, architectures. But obviously, that has changed because of few market developments. First, because of some of the uncertainties around ARM licensing, specifically Nvidia's unsuccessful attempt to acquire ARM, and uh, followed that by licensing dispute between ARM and Qualcomm, it's been in the news for more than a year now. And also, there is this acute need for high-performance, energy-efficient processors in the market, especially. With AI going all out. All of this has made industry take a serious look at risk V. At the same time, the Risk V ecosystem is making considerable headways in developing technologies and expanding the ecosystem. There are a lot of big players interested in this uh, architecture. But there are uh, still a lot of questions on its roadmap, growth, and its ability to be a formidable challenger against the well-established incumbents, uh, X86 and arm, that is. So to discuss all these questions, we have the most suitable person with us today, and that is Callista Redmond, who is the CEO of uh, Risk v International, a non-profit industry group that oversees the development, standardization, and the promotion of RISC-V. Callista, welcome to Tantra's Mantra.
1: Thank you so much for your warm welcome. Uh, we're excited to uh, share in our journey together uh, regarding RISC-V. Uh, and uh,
0: help uh, the community, you know, kind of get on board. Very well. So again, thank you for coming over. Many people know about Risk v and especially recently. Uh, not much is known about its origin and its journey, or at least well-known yet uh, in the industry. So could you briefly explain that to us, you know, how it started uh, with Risk v Foundation, a transition to Risk v International and so on, and also your association with the organization?
1: Absolutely. So you know, it's it's exciting because we're not talking about anything brand new here. The risk architecture itself is based on ideas that uh, go back more than 40 years to the to the 80s, 1980s, mm-hmm. which uh, kind yeah. of uh, was initiated by many of the founders uh, of Risk Five, uh, Dave Patterson and Hennessy, and that work then went into production. It's a basis of many modern computing systems today. Uh, you know, the initial uh, work on RISC-V, or the fifth version of the RISC architecture, was initiated back in 2010 uh, as part of a lab at uh, UC Berkeley. And that lab was, uh, was actually funded by industry. Mm-hmm. That included uh, Intel and Microsoft, uh, you know, over a period of years. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the outcome of that, is that uh, Risk Five was released to the open community back in 2015. Mm-hmm. So those are some things that sort of uh, give us a longevity, but also uh, building from a well-established foundation.
0: And you've been uh, associated with uh, Risk v for a long time now, or...?
1: Uh, I personally joined Risk Five back in uh, the winter of 2019, so I'm, I'm coming up on
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, five years with the organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, prior to that, I was over at IBM for about 12 and a half years. And previous to that, was uh, you know, an entrepreneur with four successful startups.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, in, in my time at IBM, I helped and was part of founding or running of three different open hardware movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, in networking as well as uh, you know the power architecture, and then also uh, around mainframe, so I have a long history with open collaboration for the hardware part of the uh, of our industry, and uh, it was really an honor to be called to take the helm and the stewardship of uh, Risk Five through Risk Five international.
0: Indeed, uh, it's all the right background to take Risk five to the next level. So uh, you recently uh, concluded a major summit in the Bay Area, uh, your uh, Americas summit. Could you talk about that and what were some of the takeaways from the event? So,
1: you know, the Risk Five summit in North America was our third major summit this year. Uh, we've grown mm-hmm. and uh, this is the first year that we had a major summit in Europe. As well as China, and then also North America. Mm-hmm. So it really, you know, starts to showcase our global adoption and uh, momentum that we're seeing, which were definitely highlights. And you could see and feel that engagement and energy across more than a thousand folks that uh, joined us at Risk5 Summit North America. In fact, we were up uh, 40% year over year in, you know, the number of registrations we saw, and nearly everyone actually attended as well. So. You know, it's one thing to talk registrations and then you count, well, how many people actually picked up their badges? And wow, you know, the energy and the excitement, the collaboration, the networking, the innovations, the showcase of hardware uh, in our developer zone, everything really captured the spirit, attention and momentum that we're feeling and seeing around the world. So, you know, it was a great event to talk not only about the progress that we've made, I think at an accelerated momentum than uh even you know prior forecasts had shown for mm-hmm. uh risk five adoption and you know that's something that was uh you could really see it, you know it's it's not just talk about the future but the future is here
2: mm-hmm. and
1: those are some of the uh you know key milestones that we've been looking for and uh, had been working uh working hard on over the last year
0: yeah, indeed, so there is a lot of uh, attractions for sure. But uh, risk five is still at a very early stage, right? I mean, if you look at the use cases and the implementation, it's primarily in smaller, simpler processors, maybe a uh, microcontrollers for IoT in variables, etc. or it could be embedded inside socs of, uh, you know, for doing specific tasks and so on. So. I mean, what is the roadmap for uh, the project? Uh, you know, when do you see a risk five to be used for the processors, be it in smartphones, you know, running the main SSDs, in uh, big computers, and so on.
1: So it's it's interesting, you know. I think a lot of the work that is has been underway really you could see at the summit this year. So it takes a few years for hardware to get from idea to tape out and implementation, Uh and that's something that is, uh, you know, a hardware special thing. It's not like software where you can suddenly uh, invent it, you know, do do a few pull requests and away we go. Hardware takes time, and so do does the cultivation of open standards. Mm-hmm. You know, so first, just as a you know, as some background, risk Five is a global standard. Uh, we're often compared with open source. You know, some of the similarities are that it is free and available for anyone to use and implement. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of contribution from the community that makes those standards possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a democratic nature whereby we jointly agree on what those specifications are going to be and ratify them through a lengthy uh, governance process. And we've, we've accomplished many of those this year. In fact, we're on course to complete 18 this year alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But as an open global standard, um, you know, we don't apply patch updates like you do in software. We set the standard for the durable and foreseeable mm-hmm. uh, future of compute. And that's something, you know, to to get back to your question, uh, you know, the embedded space took off first. And that's a space that you've been seeing a lot of traction in, uh, a lot of announcements and momentum through events like Embedded World. uh, And that traction and momentum has been extremely strong over many years. Uh And you're now seeing a lot of that start to move up the compute, you know, complexity. Right, so into higher performance workloads. Uh-huh. You know, over the last few years, you've seen announcements of uh, companies like Esperanto or Tense Torrent or Ventana yep. talking about data center, talking about those high performance workloads. Ventana is one who you know made an announcements about their Viron two at the summit that is even more, mm-hmm. you know, not just parity but parity plus to other architectures. You heard from. Uh, Meta, who has brought Risk Five into their data centers for AI and acceleration, you heard more from Qualcomm, shipping billions of cores every year mm-hmm. uh, as they, you know, kind of, uh, you know, tag together with the folks over at Android. Yep. And Android has made significant announcements as well, so bringing it into handsets. In fact, you know, it was a, it was a big moment for us at the summit when. You heard a phone call being made from an Android smartphone on uh, Risk Five, and that's, you know, that's something that, you know, we've been uh, looking forward to for some time, and something that we see uh, becoming real. Yeah, indeed. In fact, I came home from our Risk Five summit in China with uh, the world's first Risk Five laptop. So these are, you know, we've moved well beyond embedded, and these are now uh, implementations that are coming to market across that compute spectrum. Just this week, in fact, at uh, Supercompute, there was an entire day dedicated to RISC-V, and had many sessions, including a sort of an innovations and uh, speed round that you got to see a a lot of those new, new uh, high-performance RISC-V workloads coming to bear.
0: Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And also, you know, I think it's the right before the summit, Google uh, came out and announced that they are moving uh, Android and Risk Five from just patch to uh, what they call matured uh, status or something like that. And also, Google and Qualcomm uh, talked about Risk Five support for Wear OS. So, could you talk about those as well? What those mean to the ecosystem?
1: Yeah, so, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, software and applications out in the ecosystem want to see the base uh, operating system support before running on on that architecture. And that's, you know, that's been true, whether it's x86, ARM, RISC-V, Power, V, you know, all of the architectures have many different operating systems that run on multiple architectures. And by the way, that's not just for, you know, technical chops that's because it's in the business interest. Yeah. You know, so if you're sitting over in one of those organizations, Android or Red Hat or SUSE, you want to be able to run on all the major architectures. And this signals to the market that Risk 5 has arrived. Yeah. And that it's time to get your application running on Risk 5, you know, at parity or or better, you know, fine-tuned to the architecture on risk five. And so this is unleashing a lot of more uptake across the ecosystem. In fact, we've had to pivot to a more dynamically created, you know, logo chart for our ecosystem. So hundreds of workloads have been coming on board. We have all the major libraries on tools and design resources for
2: yeah.
1: hardware design as well as accelerating developer on ramps. These are things that are, are in our focus as we accelerate that ecosystem. Yeah. Honestly, you know, I, I look at ecosystem. It, it's interesting. You know, there are folks out there who think it may take us decades to catch up, but since we're the collective investment of stakeholders around the world, and that is, you know, something that we see multiple parties investing in at once those workloads are coming online rapidly and we expect uh, that in the next year or two you're going to see all the major workloads are running on risc5 that you know runs in parallel to the hardware we're seeing
0: and so i think one of the challenges that i see is a huge amount of legacy software built on x86 and arm porting that over to risc5 is one of the challenges i know that the more porting happens the the faster the ecosystem will grow. Is uh, RISC-V International doing anything specific to that ecosystem?
1: So Risk v is doing a lot for the ecosystem. We have launched developer labs where uh, developers can get support mm-hmm. for bringing their workloads onto RISC-V. That includes you know, both real hardware as well as virtualized environments. Mm-hmm. At our risk v summit, we had the developer zone where you have you know, more than 40 different developer boards on hand and ready in production. Uh, and those developer boards are very instrumental as well. You know, organizations like RISE have come up over the last year to help with some of the tooling around that. Yep. And we're investing yep. as Risk5 international in accelerating that developer on-ramp with work that we're investing in for the developer experience. Yep. If you look at uh, you know developer your favorite that's something that Risk Five will have in the coming year.
0: Very well. And uh, I know you talked about uh, you know running multiple uh, workloads on Risk Five. I mean, there is a lot of AI buzz around, and it's at a pretty nascent stage right now, in my view. And that kind of gives a good opportunity for uh, Risk Five to exploit. Right. So. Are you doing anything specific to harness that opportunity and make risk five excel there?
1: You know, AI is absolutely the buzzword du jour, right? I mean, everybody wants to infuse some level of AI along with acceleration.
0: Of course, yeah. New
1: workloads, these ways to augment and accelerate and get more out of the compute power, is something uh, you know that there isn't really a existing monopoly on by any other architecture. So, mm-hmm. going after new workloads is something that has been a huge business and technical driver for startups, for midsize, for multinationals, for uh, applications that are you know running on other architectures to you know focus their energy over to risk five. And you look across you know some of the analyst reports, uh, you know some of the reports I shared at the summit mm-hmm. really show that risk five is being taken seriously in AI. From consumer AI, where we're predicted to capture 36% of the market by 2030, or automotive AI acceleration, where Risk5 will capture 27% of the market. That's a lot. That's an incredible uh, level of the market. In fact, in automotive, it's been said overall, Risk5 is going to come in at 10%. And so. You know, figures like this show that there's a lot of work going on within organizations already. To hit those dates and those timeframes, that's work that's already underway. You know, you hear from organizations like Meta and Alibaba who are actively bringing risk five for AI acceleration specifically into their data centers. Uh-huh. And that brings you into, you know, sort of that next realm uh, of establishing uh, Risk Five is a very formidable uh, architecture to uh, handle those workloads, and uh-huh. you know the biggest piece of this is that design flexibility. Design flexibility translates to both you know technical innovation uh-huh. as well as business opportunity. Uh, when you have that level of freedom, you're able to differentiate and compete much more effectively uh, within your market space
0: yeah i agree so with the flexibility and the modular design you know when you're taking these two different kinds of workloads it makes it much easier than a rigid one like mix 86 or arm to that extent that you adopt that architecture specifically to those especially new markets and uh, you know ai and automotive they're fairly new markets they're pretty large and uh, Starting off now, so getting in now from risk five makes a lot of sense, right? Then you can grow with the market rather than competing very hard with uh, existing players which which have a huge install base, right? Yeah, and you know, I, I might even add that once you
1: start to gain experience Experience and expertise on Risk Five, mm-hmm. the potential to transition future generations of existing workloads from a uh, proprietary architecture over to Risk Five is a much easier transition.
0: Yeah, true. I agree. Agree. So uh, coming to the licensing aspects, you I know, mean, as I mentioned in my monologue, there was huge interest in Risk v suddenly because of uh, at least from a public uh, point of view and you know media and other point. Of, point of views uh, after the recent developments in terms of licensing, litigation, uh, and so on. Did you see that as well? Of of course, the work was going on, but there was uptick in interest after those uncertainties in the market.
1: So you, you, you've touched on a few different things. Um, let's start with licensing. So risc Five is freely available as a global open standard to anyone. And that means Uh that anyone can, you know, take it and run with it. They uh, Uh most likely are going to run with it in a way that's consistent with the extensions and other software and things to remain in lockstep with the latest developments. Uh Uh, You know, outside of that, they would be kind of left holding on to and developing an ecosystem singularly. Uh But the benefit of working in an open global standard, much like you see in Ethernet, USB, HTTP, Mm -hmm. you know, standards that have Mm -hmm. transcended the scope of geopolitics to become innovation engines. That spurs opportunity. For anyone to, you know, sort of uh, take that global standard and develop best-in-class, you know, components that are interoperable with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the world is very important. When you glue into a global standard, that means that you have expanded your opportunity to find development partners, mm-hmm. supply chain, and market mm-hmm. opportunity. So both what comes into the product as well as where you can take it to market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you think about the number of things that we plug into USB, the secret sauce is not the USB. It's whatever you decided to plug into it. Uh The secret sauce on HTTP for web protocols isn't that you're using HTTP. It's the, the content and the capabilities of the website that you put in that browser window. Yeah. So... You know, Risk Five has really kind of come in at a time where there isn't an open global standard for instruction set architectures. But as I said earlier in my remarks, this isn't brand new. The risk architecture has been around since the 80s. What it is is establishing a global standard that anyone can leverage, and then from there innovate, differentiate on that global standard. So I think that's an important, you know, area for Everyone to sort of understand, you know, prior to thinking about parameters of geopolitics or commercial pressures or or things of that nature, mm-hmm. which really are outside of what global standards are really about.
0: Okay, and in terms of uh, being an uh, open source, you know, it has done wonders for Android, but it also has and the challenges as well, right? In terms of fragmentation, forking it, and so on. How are you looking to? Manage it from a risk five uh, point of view. Just put in some guardrails that uh, the ecosystem can't were off and so on. Or
1: so risk five is not open source. It's an open standard, and to that end, it's not something that is patched or updated later. Once we ratify an open standard, that's the standard for the test of time. Mm-hmm. You know, just as you would not want to take your USB standard and fork it off into the wilds by yourself because you'd then, you know, be kind of constrained to the ecosystem that goes with you. Mm-hmm. Risk five is, sure. is not, um, you know, something where folks would want to take that approach either. When you think about, you know, why you know, ascribing to a global standard is important. Ecosystem comes hand in hand with that. Mm -hmm. Just as much as you think about the investment needed to support the ecosystem that glues into your standard, That that is sort of a positive force that prevents anyone from, any country, company, anyone from wanting to take a, you know, a forked path on that. They want to continue to engage globally. Whether you're building products and have development partnerships or going to market and want to have that market opportunity, you want to continue to ascribe to that global standard. You know, when you think about an example like Ethernet, once upon a time, there were many proprietary ways of networking your data center. And those proprietary methods of networking your data center also Made it uh, that you had to take that same proprietary approach on what goes into your data mm. center, so the servers and other uh, storage and other units that plugged in mm. that proprietary path is now obsolete. Ethernet came in, and now you have the opportunity to really bring any server in that ascribes to that global standard. It's very similar here by taking a forked path, you cut yourself off from of opportunity and uh, that is um, you
0: know, usually not the business decision that is going to move forward. Yeah, true. I mean, it's true in Ethernet's case, but at the same time, if you look at Android, I mean, large companies like Amazon and others that try like to fork and then create their own ecosystem and so on. So we'll see. I mean, it depends on uh, how big companies want to do it, whether they want to control it to their ecosystem or just rely on the global ecosystem and take advantage of that, right? So, yeah, in terms of uh, licensing, I mean, it is uh, an open standard and it is free, but uh, I'm assuming that a lot of people who in the ecosystem who take it, build their own IP on the top of it for differentiation and what have you, and they can license it uh, for a you know, price or, or free to the ecosystem, right? And they, they own the ip that they develop on the top of uh, risk five they're not required to give that all back to risk five correct
1: yes i know that there is confusion out there in the market on how does all that you know work is risk five free you know and and, and i always you know want to be sure and clarify uh-huh. so leveraging an open global standard is always free yeah what you put on top of that for your differentiation, mm-hmm. that specialized IP, the areas that you create to glue onto that global standard, those can be proprietary or open. Uh-huh. So the final implementation may often contain areas that you, you know, license IP from others. Risk Five International mm-hmm. does not have a licensing fee uh, structure. Mm-hmm. Across any of the base standards, you know, the ISO or the specifications and extensions that you're free to use to glue on top of that. But there are many folks, uh, you know, many design houses, many IP design houses, in fact, more now on RISC V than any other architecture in history. They do have specialized IP that is, you know, fine tuned for that custom processing.
2: Uh
1: So when you think about RISC V, think of it not as holistically. Free when you start to bring in that differentiated IP, but it's freedom of design, uh-huh. and freedom of design is what really enables and accelerates the business value of working on RISC Five.
0: Indeed, and uh, I know if you have a commercial licensing model compared to a open standard open sourced one, there is revenue generated with with the licensing that feeds the innovation engine, right? But in open source That's kind of uh, absent and you're relying on the ecosystem partners to develop it as a community uh, and so on. So how do you see that affecting, uh, you know, sustaining this development and the space of development and so on? I mean, it, it might start good, but when the big companies come in, one, they want to you know, customize it to to their uh, liking, to their ecosystem. And second, they want to develop on their own and what they develop on their own, want to keep it for their own ecosystem, not in you know, applying it back to uh, to the, you know, the ecosystem as such.
1: So as we look at what we cultivate and develop as a community, and there are about 75 different technical work groups that are going today. Mm-hmm ranging from security to you know vector extensions and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We work on the things that we want everyone to have access to. Mm-hmm. We don't focus on that proprietary value. That's up to implementers and customers and end users that really are looking for that piece of differentiation. Mm-hmm we work on what are the common building blocks that folks would like to have to move towards their implementation mm-hmm. and that's like the beauty of risk 5 it's very modular mm-hmm. so you have your base isa and then you have a menu of extensions that you can add on to that depending on the workload and the you know the design constraints that you're wishing to meet or the design goals right uh-huh. maybe it's performance or power or space constraints uh-huh. So, you know, by by leveraging a open modular standard, you can get all of those base building blocks. Mm-hmm. And then we have reserved yeah. encoding space to add in your own differentiation or to, you know, leverage in a way that benefits your final product. And so, you know, RISC V really does, you know, work in collaboration with our community. Our we're very community uh driven. Mm-hmm. And it's the contributions to those base building blocks that uh, individual companies and other stakeholders have deep vested interest in. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, will get together, decide on, you know, the specifics of those base building blocks and think of that as sort of the commoditized layer of design. Those are, you know, sort of like we we all need Mm -hmm. cement and you know, wood to build our house, but you know, how you decorate that house yourself and and bring it to market is really up to you. Mm -hmm. So we together uh, share in the cultivation and development and ratification of that. Mm -hmm. And when this is of deep strategic interest to you as a company, whether you're a startup and your only architecture is risk five or you're a multinational and you're investing deeply in risk five across multiple business units for various implementations you want to be engaged in that community. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that community does more than just, you know, the specifications and and extensions, but it also works on, you know, tooling and resources to accelerate uh, the on-ramp for the developer community. Mm -hmm. And so engaging deeply in that, regardless of your perspective, is essential. And we have deep engagement from, you know, Red Hat, SUSE, and Canonical, and Android, and, and those next layers of the ecosystem as well, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, they want to run best on RISC-V just as they would on any other architecture. But by being in, in RISC-V, they're able to accelerate their own optimizations
0: and and this uh, this collaborative approach hasn't been a a block in terms of fast improvement in terms of performance and the you know the architecture itself if it is open source and community managed and led you need consensus and so on right i mean having a modular design really helps so that you, you can focus on the right things but uh, you haven't seen any impediment to you know, fast-based uh, development that is needed in in tech today. If you look at Android, although it is open sourced, I mean, there is one big company as a force behind it. In Risk Five, it is basically collective effort of all the companies involved. Right? There is no one dominant player pushing forward. So, how that uh, dynamics uh, helping or hurting you in any way?
1: I think we're actually moving faster than what you've seen on any other architecture. Uh So, I mean, I think x86 was, you know, the earliest out the gate in terms of driving a, their agenda. Right. And their agenda was sort of the driver that everyone had to wait for, look for and ascribe to whether it fit for their implementation or not. Mm -hmm. And then You know, Arm came in and they did it a little bit faster. But for many workloads, it was porting from x86 over to Arm. And that was from a CISC architecture to a RISC architecture. Yeah. Now we're moving even faster than they did because, you know, first and foremost, your destiny here is not driven by one proprietary interest. Mm hmm. Your own interests are self-driven as well as within the collective interests of your peers and other colleagues who also want to see those base building blocks Mm. with full transparency Mm. and ability to influence those decisions no company had that level of influence in prior architectures or in other architectures that are out there mm-hmm. and this you know spans from applications and libraries into infrastructure runtimes operating systems hypervisors boot code mm-hmm. you know there are many stakeholders that are engaged here that collective drive is much stronger and Mm self-driven than what you would find if you ascribe to the proprietary roadmap Mm -hmm. of another architecture. So we're actually moving faster and with greater consensus in the community and running multiple of these streams in parallel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not uh, gating any of our implementers by the next release and in that they're able to start their development sooner and get to market faster and that's what we're seeing as we you know go around the world to all of these different summits and Mm -hmm. you know more than 90 other events throughout the last year as we see those implementations coming to market
0: okay and there's more you know r&d and it's more interest because you have multiple companies you know multiple people involved right not just one dominant four so you're not beholder to one company and its limitations. Yeah, correct. Okay,
1: it's an absolute multiplier effect.
0: Cool. So, my last question: So, where do you see a Risk Five uh, in next five years?
1: I think you're going to quickly see Risk Five uh, surpassing other architectures in new workloads. You're going to see the beginnings of Risk Five taking over existing workloads. You know, from embedded to data center. Uh, and all things in between you're going to see a explosion of ecosystem applications libraries tools and other things coming on board uh-huh. uh bringing us to parity or what I like to think of as parity plus across all the major workloads uh-huh. you're going to continue to see risk 5 as the architecture of choice for new and emerging workloads uh-huh. and within the next 10 years you're going to see risk 5 in everything uh-huh. In fact, I spoke with one analyst who had previously told me a, a couple of years ago that he's seeing risk five in more than twenty five percent of designs. Uh-huh. I caught up with that same analyst this last summer and I said, Well what you know, what would you say today?
2: Uh-huh.
1: he looked at me for a minute, he's like, It's actually hard to find any designs that don't include risk five.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And those are new design starts. So as those start to come through the fabs That's our new reality. Risk 5 is everywhere and Risk 5 is in everything.
0: All right. Excellent, uh, Calista. Thank you very much for coming over to the show and providing your insights. It indeed is exciting to see how quickly the Risk 5 technology and the ecosystem is evolving and expanding. I'll be closely monitoring the developments and I know we'll definitely invite you to come on the show again as we move forward uh, sometime in the future. Hope uh, we'll be open to it.
1: Prakash, it's been an absolute delight to catch up with you. I invite any of your listeners to join us over at riskv.org to kind of stay up to date on the latest and engage with the community.
0: Indeed. Thank you very much. So folks, that's all for now. I hope you found this discussion informative and useful. If so, please hit like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening this on. Don't forget to check out our previous episodes as well. I'll be back very soon with another episode, putting light on another exciting tech subject. Bye-bye for now.